On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Monday, May the 2nd. The Stanley Cup playoffs are here. We actually have live NHL playoff games taking place tonight. I never thought the day would get here, and it is finally here. Thank goodness for that. And we are excited. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with us, and a second straight day. In fact, every day this week, we've got a special guest joining us uh, on the show. Uh, Obviously, it was a a ton of fun having Bobby Ryan yesterday. He did an absolutely outstanding job. Uh, Thanks to him for joining us, and thanks to our guy joining us today here on the Ice Guys show, Andrew Gordon, recently retired uh, pro hockey player, played for the Washington Capitals in the NHL for a little bit, uh, and a couple other teams played overseas for a while, uh, just recently retired, and very interested in the uh, betting sphere, just wanting to learn a little bit more about it and get into it as gradually uh, over time. But uh, Andrew, it is great to have you with us here uh, on the Ice Guys show for the playoffs. How are you? Good. My pleasure to be here. And like I say, I'm uh, interested in the betting, but for just to keep me a little bit uh, not getting embarrassed, please don't read any of the text messages we've been exchanging over the last few days. I will not. <laughs> the level of knowledge I have probably wouldn't permit me to be on this show. So try to keep that off the air if we could. But you know hockey and you're interested in uh, a little bit that's of it. what we do. And that's good enough. Uh, yeah. to be, uh, the, you meet the criteria to be on the show. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, before, before we get into it, look, we had Bobby Ryan yesterday, Andrew, and uh, we were talking, and uh, Bobby Ryan was someone that you've had a, a personal a connection to in your hockey playing past. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Bobby and I played together in Anaheim. One year, I my first year free agency, I signed uh, unrestricted free agency. I signed a two-year deal in Anaheim, showed up and made the team at a training camp, and Bobby was obviously on the team. He spent so maybe a decade in Anaheim. So uh, we hung out quite a bit there. He was such a good dude. Um, as I mentioned to you personally there, he probably doesn't remember I was only there for about 30 or 35 games or something. But uh, he was a guy that, like, Thanksgiving weekend brought all the rookies and all the guys without wives and families and stuff into his place and uh, was just really open and welcoming and wanted us to succeed, wanted us to do well and feel comfortable. So I've always had a big heart for, for Bobby over the years. Uh, absolutely. I had a great guest yesterday. You could tell easy to uh, get along with. So absolutely. And I can definitely see how he helped you was willing to make time to, you know, help you make you feel comfortable, you know, playing in, uh, with him uh, in, in the NHL. So that's definitely yeah. uh, a great story. No question. Uh, Alex, uh, great to have you with us. Um, before we get into breaking down the playoffs and all 
uh, of that. Uh, just briefly, uh, I forgot to mention what you liked in the series prices yesterday, and because you sent them along, what are you right. on in terms of just overall for the uh, first round, the uh, series prices, any of those type of bets? So yeah, I, I made a few of them uh, right as the as the market kind of opened. I jumped all over Boston at plus one hundred five. Uh, I thought with you know the injuries that Carolina is having, the you know questions and goaltending could possibly be, be troublesome against this Boston team, especially since they're pretty healthy and, and like you know. How Olmark has rounded in the form. So Boston plus a dollar five. Uh, I also went with both first round teams to sweep. So I have Florida uh, to win the series four nothing. I got that plus four seventy five, and I also got Colorado four nothing over Nashville. I think that's plus four fifty. Uh, and, and you can find the exact series prices to end in four games. That's around the same area. So five to one range. Uh, those three, and then I also grabbed Tampa Bay Lightning plus a dollar fifteen. Uh, over Toronto, I just thought that was crazy. You know, we were talking about, uh, we, you know, we don't think Toronto you know, has what it takes yet, just yet to get out of the first round and to face the back-to-back champions, getting them at a plus price. Uh, I think you know the fatigue factor might catch up with them later, but they should be able to take care of business in the first round here. There you go. So that's uh, Alex, uh, his series uh, thoughts and series bets that he's made uh, going into the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, which begin tonight. Uh, we have Andrew McGinnis with us. Andrew in Halifax. Meet Andrew in Halifax. McGinnis, meet Gordon. <laughs> Great to we meet you. Yeah, my pleasure. We should have been in the same place, just done it sat together actually here. Yeah, exactly. Why, why are we even doing this on the internet right now? <laughs> exactly. We can just be at a pub having a beer instead right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you can relate to this, actually, because nobody else actually appreciates how great Halifax is. Of course, I got the city on my back right now. I always of try course. to rep. So uh, everybody that's, you know, even from Ontario or the States, they just think I, you know, Halifax is some like small town with like, you know, 5,000 people until I show them this picture. And it's a real city. So I try and be prideful, man, of our city. I would too, and I, I th- there's countless people in this city who came from Ontario for college or something, came to university here, just never left. So I, yeah. everyone talks about us being the little guy out east here, but people <laughs> get to experience it for more than a weekend or two. A lot of them stick around. Definitely. They do. All right. Uh, before we get into the, the games, we did this uh, with uh, Mr. Ryan yesterday. We'll ask you too. How are things with you? You just recently retired. Talk about that. Just an overall perspective on the lengthy playing career that you've had, Andrew, and uh, what you're planning to do moving forward? Uh, well, I'm just taking some time right now to decompress a little bit, enjoy being home. Uh, I mean, I played 15 years pro, over 500 games in the American League. I was up in the NHL for maybe, 50, I think 55 is the number up there. And then I played seven years overseas and uh, six in Sweden and then my last one here in Austria. So I've, I bounced around quite a bit. I've been away from home since I was 16. So the first thing I'm doing is trying to catch up on a little bit of this time I've been away. I go see my parents. They live just a half hour away. I go see my parents a couple times a week. I'm babysitting my sister's kids a couple times a week and um, just trying to settle back in and, and get some of this family time. So that's been step number one in, into retirement. But uh, it's been great. It's been really good. I think I sort of chose to retire at a time when you know, I'm 36. I didn't leave a whole lot on the table, but the body could have handled a couple more years if, if, if need be. But I think the timing was just good to come home. And I just got married, as I told you earlier in uh, in November. So it was time to come home and start putting the family first. And, and instead of chasing an ego driven another season to just make it 16 or 17 or 18, whatever years it would be. So it was uh, a good time to come home and um, been really enjoying it so far. I think when I really started to take this retirement thing seriously, I started reaching out to a bunch of NHL teams. My agent helped me get a hold of a lot of assistant general managers and, and guys in 
big chairs in the, in the, in the NHL. And so now I'm sort of in the middle of talking to a handful of teams about scouting jobs. People always need a guy out East here. So we have the Memorial cup is in St. John, New Brunswick this year, coming up in a couple months. So I'm going to start there by. Go Hamilton <laughs> Bulldogs. We're going, we're going to be there. You better believe it. Mason McTavish, the whole crew, we're coming. <laughs> they've, they've put on a lot of, uh, they picked up some good guys in the deadline, obviously there. So that's, they're, they're making a run. I think they're number one. Yeah. Are they number one in the country right now? Yes, they are. I think so. I well, so, first of all, yeah. Andrew, I gotta say congratulations uh, uh, getting married, by the way, mm -hmm. and uh, also shout out to the East Coast for the scouting because I know a lot of people, a lot of writers for the Chronicle Herald and different um, newspapers in, in Halifax. Those writers were getting hired as scouts, even by the NHL, because uh, during the pandemic when there wasn't as much travel. And so it just sounds like there's so much going on as far as the scouting goes now. And like you mentioned, way out east, they need that. And uh, I actually don't live in Halifax right now. I live in the small town of Amherst, which I hope, oh. you, yeah, you know where that is. So I'm actually pretty close to St. John. So um, I'll be heading to the Mem Cup for sure. Oh, right on. Well, yeah, we'll get together for sure. Have a beer. I keep awesome. saying that, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good. There's a, when when we had that maritime Atlantic bubble situation, like nobody could cross that border. So it was a huge thing that people were just, you know, university coaches were just getting side jobs scouting for NHL teams left and right. Um, and now with all those jobs, so going back to normal, people have to do their other jobs and do back to their, you know, focus on writing or coaching or whatever they were doing. So it's, uh, there's some positions opening up this year. And that was another part of the decision to retire. If I needed something to walk into, I don't think I'm the kind of guy who just sits around for long. So I wanted a, a direction to focus my energies and I love the game and um, just want to be involved at the highest level. And that was the thing. I think the NHL has been the dream since I put on skates and this is sort of a backdoor way to get back in there, but to be involved with the, the, the process from start to finish of building an NHL team and learning what the, the other side of the, of the hockey business looks like be interesting. So give it a try for a couple of years, see what happens, see how the family uh, feels about me being on the road for, four or five days a week, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm sure as much as the law firm of Andrew and Andrew would love to wax poetic all day about Halifax and Nova Scotia. Uh, we do have to move the show along, which we'll do right now uh, and uh, keep things going. Now, look, we did something with Bobby Ryan it was pretty cool yesterday just to see his reaction to it. Uh, and pretty cool. I'm sure there's some people that thought, well, it's Bobby Ryan. That's why you're rolling out the red carpet here. Not true. Nonsense. Uh, we have something planned right now for uh, Andrew Gordon here. Uh, oh, in no. his first appearance here uh, on the Ice Guys show. No, it's not nothing embarrassing. In fact, it's okay. something that's going to bring <laughs> great memories to you. I am very sure of this. So in my Rick Jenneret voice, just like we did yesterday with Bobby Ryan, roll the highlight film. You can really fire the puck, though. It really worked good puck in. Marcus Johansson to the goal. Score! Andrew Gordon. Love it. There it is. First <laughs> National Hockey League goal, Andrew Gordon, with the Washington Capitals 12 years ago, 2010, with uh, Gabby, Bruce Boudreaux, of course, coaching the uh, Capitals uh, at the time. Seeing that clip, what are your thoughts now, seeing it 12 years later? Uh, I mean, it's, it's still probably arguably the best day of my life. I mean, you grow up dreaming of that moment, just even playing in the building and to, to score a goal, to beat Marty Brodeur with my first right. one was, yep. was pretty special. And uh, so I know it always brings me back memories, but the funny thing, you, you, you're glad you sort of clipped it off early there. I went back to the bench 
and then I grabbed Marcus Johansson. Oh, we got to see I, that then. I, yeah. And I kissed, I kissed him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it went, you know, I just went about my business, didn't think much of it. It's just sort of a stupid thing I did in the moment. And then uh, it ended up TSN was got a hold of the clip and it sparked one of those like top 10 most awkward moments in sports or something. So I was, this sparked my first NHL goal. All my buddies at home were, were joking about me sparking this, you know, top 10 clip of uncomfortable moments on ice. And, and so it was something like that was going on, but it was really, it was really special. It's a, I mean, I think I only had a handful or maybe last maybe three or four goals, uh, you know, in, in regular season play. So it, I didn't have too many. So to, to cherish one like that getting past Brodeur was something, uh, something pretty special. I'll always remember. Yeah, and it was a great it was a great goal because it was a work ethic goal. It was a hard work, get to the front of the net. And I always bitch about players not doing that enough and yeah. not paying the price enough. Going to the traffic areas, the tough areas of the ice, going to the blue paint, going to the crease, uh, and that's a perfect example of why you got that goal uh, against yeah. one of the maybe the greatest goaltender of all time yeah. uh, in the National Hockey League, uh, Marty Brodeur. But did they catch what you meant? You have to see here. Hold on. Oh, they're not going to show it. They're not going to show it. <laughs> no. You're going to be lucky, Andrew. You're going to be off the hook here, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Stick on the ice. Ready to receive the pass. That's how it's done, folks. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. That's the captain. Understanding how exciting that is. There you go. Big for your teammate there. <laughs> no, Marcus Johansson. Oh, Marcus Johansson. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, awesome stuff right there. There we go. Great, great memories. There we go. We, uh, it's good. To, good to go back in time. You know, a great moment <laughs> in, in one's past and in one's life. Uh, definitely, that was one of them here for uh, Andrew Gordon. No question about that. All right, we have work to do. You guys ready? We've got first round Stanley Cup playoff action tonight. Four game one matchups. Let's get to it. We will start with the Boston Bruins taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Game one in Raleigh, North Kakalaki. We've got Carolina minus 120 uh, favorites here in game one. Five and a half the total uh, in this one. Um, I've said on the uh, Stanley Cup playoff preview show yesterday, I actually think you're getting Carolina maybe a little bit cheap uh, in this series as far as I'm concerned. I think there's uh, an overall feeling with this team going into the playoffs that without Frederick Anderson, that really hurts them. And, and there could be some truth to that because with Antti Ranta, who's going to be the starter tonight in game one, we know he's had an up and down year. It hasn't been necessarily great for him, but you look at the record overall for Ranta coming into this game and into these playoffs, he still, you know, hasn't been that bad, uh, all things considered uh, for the Hurricanes and his numbers, they're, they're not great, but they are not, uh, you know, absolutely awful either. Uh, 2.45 goals against, 9.12 save percentage, 15.5 and 2 uh, is his overall record this year. He's a veteran guy. I don't think the playoffs are going to, you know, rattle him mentally. He's been around the block. Uh, I think he can go in there and play uh, relatively solidly. Uh, that's the hope. And since when did Frederick Anderson become this picture of playoff success? You know, and everyone's making such a big deal of just Frederick Anderson being out. Uh, he even in Anaheim, you know, there was always that he could only win a couple of rounds. If that Toronto, we know the struggles, although a lot of that was just the overall vibe with the team. And so to me, I don't know. I think there's people just making too big of a deal about the absence of Frederick Anderson and failing to 
remember that this is a Carolina team that one through six to me is as good as as deep as any team with their blue line, in my opinion. They don't have the Norris Trophy candidate, but they've got Jacob Slavin. Uh, they've got uh, Tony D'Angelo who's had a great year, bounced back after some tough times with the Rangers. Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, Ian Cole. I like that group of six uh, on the back end. I like that they've got three lines that can score. Svechnikov, Ajo, Seth Jarvis. Max Domi actually started to step up down the stretch. Tara Vine and Trocek, Niederreiter. Uh, Jesper Foss, Jordan Stahl, Natchez. Natchez is on the fourth line because he's kind of scuffled lately, and that's a guy that's capable of getting going. And yet he's on the fourth line to start this series. So Carolina's got a lot of depth. Boston, on the other hand, Linus Allmark's going to get the start, deserving of it because he was better than Swayman. The blue line for them is more concerning. I like McAvoy. I like Hampus Lindholm, great defenseman. There's a drop-off after that, especially with Grizzlick and Carlo kind of playing mediocre this year. And then the third pair is nothing to write home about for Burton Clifton. And up front, you know, it's Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak who are amazing. You know, one of the top line, number one lines in the NHL. But after that, where are you going to get consistent offense from them? It's a legit question uh, consistently throughout the playoffs. So when I look at this matchup, I know there's the concerns with Noah Anderson, but I really like the overall Carolina team better. They crushed Boston. They destroyed Boston. They absolutely whipped them in the regular season repeatedly. And I don't know if things are going to change that much. So I like Carolina in game one here. And I also did bet them here to win the series uh, as well. So that's what I'm on here. Nothing on the total. I think it could go over. It could stay under. I think it could go either way with the total. But I like Carolina in the series. And I like Carolina in game one. Alex, I will start with you, Boston, Carolina. Wow, the rare double, not so fast, my friend, because I already talked about how I like Boston right. in the series. But I'm also going Boston here in game one, uh, the steel home ice. This is a spot where I like both these. I feel like the the, the three games we saw in the, in the regular season, like so Carolina absolutely dominated in those spots. You know, and you could question that you said one was a ceremony for Willie O'Ree, teams at home to have to get, tend to get off the rough starts in the ceremonies. Uh, Tuka Rast started another one where he hadn't been playing his best hockey. Obviously, of course, he ended up retiring. So, you, you know, you can kind of maybe throw a couple of those games out as, as one-offs to kind of anomalies during an 82-game season. But the fact of the matter is this. It's the third straight year Boston Carolina have met, met in the postseason, Boston winning back-to-back years. Uh, I, I can see where this trend would, can continue to roll. I know a lot of people all automatically think, okay, well, you know, after losing back-to-back, you know, that revenge is going to build up, and all of a sudden the tide's going to change. And, yes, Carolina's a much better team than last year, but that question mark does remain in goal today without Frederick Anderson, who's had a great year, even though he's not, uh, you know, playoff-wise, uh, has been one of the better goalies. He had a great regular season, and Auntie Ranta has been decent, He's also a t- one of those injury-prone type of goalies. See, every year we talk about him getting hurt in some form or fashion. And don't think the Bruins know, you know, are, are going to maybe possibly exploit that. There's always going to be things around the whistle, you know, around the crease uh, between whistles. You know, they might try to bump and run into him a little bit. You know, you know, kind of test him a little bit if he's not ready and not fully healthy, uh, or you know, anything just just naturally happens. Then they have to go to uh, to Kurochev, the the third string goalie, uh, and that's a huge question mark to have. When you're looking at an experienced Boston offense uh, that could take over a game at any point in time. So I like Boston here in game one, even money, and I like Boston with the series. All right, Boston. So there we go. We're exactly opposite in this game, Alex and I. Carolina game one, Carolina in the series for me. Boston game one, Boston in the series for Alex. You know what that means for everybody watching the show? It's a great news kind of day. Guaranteed winner right here uh, on the ice, guys. Someone is going to walk away with the dub. 
uh, in the series and in game one tonight. Uh, Andrew, as in Gordon, uh, what do you think here, Boston, Carolina? I have a tough time betting against the pedigree in Boston. I mean, these guys, I, I wouldn't bet against Bergeron ever, I don't think. He just finds a way to bring a team into the fight, no matter how what he's dealing with personally, physically. He's just a guy that leads in a way that very few do across the whole league. So he's got that team playing at a really high level late in the season. I think they were going into that last game against Toronto that I think was a throwaway. They, they were 6-1 and one, their last seven, something like that. Um, so I think Boston's playing a really high level right now. And with the goaltending issues in Carolina, I think it's going to, you know, it could be a factor for a game or two. I think Rantic can, is capable of winning a game or two as well. But I think it's going to go deep. But I'd take Boston in six or seven, maybe a late series, long series. But I think Boston just has a, a little bit of an edge to me right now because the way they're playing going in and uh, their goaltending and their leadership. It's an interesting dynamic that Carolina just dummied them in the regular season, but Boston's had all the success head to well, most of the success head to head in the playoffs uh, against Carolina uh, in recent years. So that's going to be the interesting thing. You know, can Carolina overcome? But they've had a tough time with the Bruins, simple as that in the playoffs. So, but they did dominate them this year with these two iterations of Boston and Carolina. Carolina just dominated them. So what's going to win out? It's That's what makes this series pretty fascinating, that element of it. Andrew, what do you think here? Bruins, Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, you already know I like uh, the Hurricanes to win this series. But, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, I don't like to always look at regular season stats. And I, the playoffs are a whole new beast. But, you know, I take a look at the fact that it was 16-1 to 1 as far as the goal differential between these teams in the regular season. I feel like I had to kind of point that out, uh, even though it, the playoffs are a different beast. Boston scoring one goal in those couple games, is, you know, I know no, it was Frederick Anderson, but it, it seems like people are reacting like the sky is falling because anti-Ranta is in net and it's not Frederick Anderson when Ranta has the exact same GAA as Linus uh, Allmark. So for all the people that are like saying that, oh, it's a fade because it's not Frederick, then, well, Allmark has the same stats. So I didn't really understand that. But uh, the power play, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, 0 for 39 streak for Boston to close out the season until uh, Pasta got that 40th goal. So um, I think a special teams is not rolling for Boston. It hurts them big time. And, you know, I just look at that third line um, with Nina Ryder, Stahl, fast and so many of those guys that can be physical get pucks deep and just battle on the boards you know i think depth's a huge part of hockey and if i don't look at marshawn pasta and those guys getting the job done i struggle to think that you know we could see secondary scoring from boston and you know the same thing that i've heard you say countless times ian you know after we we look at a guy like mcavoy and you know, you can even put Grizzlick in that factor as well. How deep is the defensive pairings uh, for Boston? So, you know, I just think it's a reasonable price here on Carolina we're getting, and 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 I'm going to roll with them in game one. I, I like him in the series, and I'm going to start with them at home as well. All right, like in uh, Carolina here in this one, Andrew McGinnis, that is. I'm going to just have to call them McGinnis and Gordon uh, here today because I call them Andrew. They're both going to be like, what, huh, huh, who, who are you talking about? Uh, that's that's what we got going on here today uh, on this show. All right, next I forget up. Sometimes we're a, we're a podcast. We, we get more listeners than we do probably viewers on YouTube. So whenever you're clarifying that stuff, I'm like, people can see us, but then I'm like, oh yeah, they can't. It's <laughs> actually a podcast too. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, definitely, uh, yeah, well, that's the beauty of the Ice Guys. Uh, video and audio uh, ways of uh, tuning into this show daily. All right, uh, by the way, props, you're right, because I do want to mention props on virtually uh, every game or at least try to point you in the direction of something uh, in terms of a prop. 
I'm going to go on a limb here, even though he's going to be on the third line for Boston tonight with Coyle and Smith. Trent Frederick's a guy I could see, you know, chipping in offensively in the playoffs just because he goes to the front of the net. He did score against Toronto on Friday night. That's the kind of game he plays. Uh, get to the net. Those are the kind of guys that sometimes get rewarded at playoff time. So Trent Frederick on the third line might be someone to consider for Boston. A goal score prop and points with a little bit of value uh, here tonight. Seth Jarvis continues to be the go-to guy for me for Carolina. As long as he remains on that top line playing with Aho and Svechnikov, he's going to get opportunities, he's going to get chances, and he's going to have opportunities to cash in on those. So Seth Jarvis for Carolina on that top line, no question. And even Max Domi. I mean, let's let's give the guy credit. Max Domi started to percolate you know, late in the season, and he's going to be given a spot by Rod Brindamore, it looks like, barring any last-minute changes, which we always do have to watch out for. You know, we have seen this, where uh, the, the morning skate line combinations aren't the same as the line combinations we see at pregame skate just before the puck drops, but it looks like they're going to put Domi with Trocek and Taravainen on that second line. Again, up the lineup a little bit, so maybe Domi is someone you consider for goal score props and points here for uh, Carolina uh, in tonight's and I, game. I like uh, I like Bergeron over three and a half shots on goal at plus one ten uh, because I like I mentioned uh, Carolina led the league in goals against per game and I believe the message from Bruce Cassidy will just be uh, shots everywhere you know don't try and be fancy get the shots on net and we've seen uh, Bergeron get five six seven sometimes even eight I actually saw an eight there I think it was somewhere like fifteen games ago so wouldn't be surprised for him to be trigger happy tonight. Three of his last four games, by the way, Bergeron uh, with uh, at least uh, three uh, shots on, or at least four shots on goal. Three of the last four games. He had four against Buffalo, eight against Florida, seven against the New York Rangers. So uh, there you go. And of course, he had a hat trick uh, down the uh, stretch of the season as well, Bergeron against the uh, Sabres uh, in that uh, 5 nothing win. All right, Tampa Bay, Toronto now. Obviously, this could be. I think on paper it could be the best series in the Eastern Conference, potentially. Uh, we've got the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs minus 120, uh, favorites, six and a half the total. And I had to tell some people on the Twitter brigade, you know, because our, our guest yesterday, Bobby Ryan, apparently tweeted his series picks earlier today. And someone chimes in saying, you didn't pick any upsets, Bobby, but he picked Tampa. And, I, and I'm like saying, hold on now. What do you mean? Uh, Toronto's favored. The Tampa, it, based on the series price, Tampa Bay would be considered an upset, would be considered an underdog pick. That's the way it is, but half the people don't get that. Uh, it's just like the college football broadcasters, you know, with the the 15th ranked team beats the fourth ranked team. Uh, you know, let's say 15th ranked is Auburn. Uh, they beat fourth ranked Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, they say, oh, the big upset, Auburn beats Oklahoma. Well, hold on now. Auburn was favored. Auburn was like a three-point favorite in that game. What are you talking about, man? Do you look at the betting lines? Do you actually look at who is favored in Las Vegas? No, of course they don't. They just see the rankings of the teams and say, oh, lower-ranked team beat higher-ranked team. That's a big upset. No. Uh, a lot of times that lower-ranked team is actually the favorite. It's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, but nevertheless, this series should be fantastic. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, Two-time defending champions. Sometimes when you're in one of these ruts like the Leafs are, you have to just make, maybe it's going to take beating the two-time defending champion Lightning to get this uh, playoff monkey off their back, to exercise these demons that they've had now for 18 years, where this team has gone since 2004, since winning a playoff series. I've said it a million times. I remember saying this last year. Gary Roberts, Joe Newendike, Matt Sundin, Ed Belfour. 
were on the Leafs the last time they won a playoff series. There wasn't even any freaking high-definition television around in 2004, the last time the Leafs won a playoff series. You couldn't watch a game in HD. You could not watch anything in high-def. That's the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won a, a playoff series. So that's And Mark that's Zuckerberg the, had just created Facebook and all his yeah. other apps that he has. So Yeah, that's, that's right. MySpace was the biggest uh, yeah. social media platform. Uh, back then when the uh, Leafs won. Uh, you can go on and on. But... You can tell we're all Leaf fans, eh, Andrew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> abs, last place. <laughs> oh, man. It's just easy to uh, uh, laugh at them, but you can't laugh at the regular season. Uh, this team was just terrific, uh, obviously, throughout the 82-game schedule. There's no question. Uh, Austin Matthews, 60 goals. Uh, it goes without saying. Mitch Marner, outstanding. They told him to shoot the damn puck. Mitch, and finally he did in the new year, and he's got 30-plus goals now uh, as a result. Uh, you can't pass all the time. Defenses know you're a pass-first guy. You know, you got to start shooting the puck more. He did that. Listen to the coaches. Listen to Sheldon Keith, and it worked out better for him. You know, you look at the blue line. I think this is going to be the key to any success that they have, and if they win this series and beyond, it's going to be because of this. They brought in Ilya Labushkin for some sandpaper. He's been a night great fit. Mark Giordano has been excellent even at you know his age he's in the high 30s now he was he's been excellent so far timothy lilligren was a mess on the blue line couldn't get out of his own way for much of the season mark giordano arrives they pair mark giordano with timothy lilligren and lilligren's looking like a great defenseman ever since you know that really has made a difference jake muzzin's going to be back and that helps them a guy that's won cups in la uh that's all going to help them no question this is this is a better blue line than last year's group to me, there's no debate whatsoever about that. They are better positioned. The question now, Jack Campbell, uh, a guy that was unbelievable last year, terrific to begin this year, then had a little bit of an injury and came back and was not the same guy, but then got his game back in April. And Jack Campbell was terrific in the final month of the season. But he's going up against Andre Vasilevsky, a, a guy that's won two cups. We know he's an elite goaltender, one of the best. Yet he's a guy that didn't play as well in the final month as Campbell did. Vasilevsky actually struggled in that final month of the year. Now, is that a just you know long season? Can he turn it around? That's the big question. What we know about Tampa is their top six is loaded, right? We know that with Stamkos, Kucherov, Palat, Point, and everybody else. But they've now got themselves down the stretch, a third line with Nick Paul, Ross Colton. Guys like that have stepped up to maybe supplement what they lost last year. They lost their entire third line from last year's team. Barclay Goudreau, Blake Coleman, and Yanni Gord. And that was their best line at times in the playoffs, including against Andrews Canadians, McGinnis's Canadians. Uh, you know, that line was outstanding for them. And now they're starting to get a third line that's producing like that line did last year, which is good news for Tampa Bay. And Stamkos is starting to heat up. That's a That's a troubling sign. For the Leafs as well. I mean, what he did in April was just magnificent offensively in terms of scoring. So, yeah, I mean, this is a great series, in my opinion. It really is. Uh, I, I, I cannot take Toronto in the series. I think they're well positioned to finally get over the hump. But this is Tampa Bay. They played well down the stretch for the most part. Last couple of weeks, they got their game going. And with the Leafs, it's a simple matter of I've got to see it before I believe it with them. That being said, I kind of like that. I will have a small play on Toronto tonight in game one because I do like how this sets up for them in two aspects. One, they're at home. They lost game one to Montreal last year at home. And the last thing this team wants is the seed of doubt to creep in right away 
after game one tonight. Lose game one, lose home ice, and all of a sudden here comes all the critics saying, here we go again, same old Leafs. You know, they don't want it that. I think there's an onus. There's a, Apparently there's a focus. They were dialed in at practices, Sheldon Keith yesterday. I think it's a good game one situational spot. And Tampa, when they routed Toronto two weeks ago, the shoe was on the other foot. Tampa got embarrassed by Toronto 6-2 a couple weeks before, and then Tampa paid him back. Now the shoe's on the other foot. Toronto got embarrassed by Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago. And keep in mind, Matthews didn't play, and Eric Schalgren was in net that night. There are some things that worked in Tampa's favor. Now Toronto's the team pissed off and embarrassed for a bad loss to the Tampa Bay the last time they played them. So I do like the Leafs in game one tonight, but I don't trust them in the series. It's a weird way of going about it, but... That's the way I feel right now with Lightning and Leafs going into game one tonight. Uh, Andrew Gordon, start with you here. What do you think, Tampa, Toronto? I can echo a lot of things you just said there. I think, again, the way I felt about Bergeron and the Bruins and their pedigree, I think if I thought they had pedigree, what do I say with the Lightning? I mean, these guys are winners. Um, they've said it since day one of training camp that, you know, it's about getting into the playoffs and they trust themselves once they get there and they know what to do. And, uh, it's not about flicking a switch kind of thing. It's just it's it's in their DNA now. They're, this is a team that knows how to deal with adversity and deal with a long schedule and deal with trying situations uh, with personnel, injuries, things like that that's going to inevitably happen in a playoff series. So um, I just think they're deeper, more experienced, and Toronto has all the pressure. If Toronto wins a series, Tampa, you know, they won two in a row, and I think everyone sort of expected that this nothing will last forever. But if Toronto loses this series, the world might collapse beneath them. So I think there's a, a ton of pressure. Jack Campbell, he's got his impending free agency. He's got a lot of money on the line if he does well or poorly. I think there's just a lot of external noise that is impossible to really tune out completely. And um, not that I, not that the uh, pressure is going to be the determining factor, but I think at the end of the day, it's hard to ignore it. It is hard to ignore. And I'll say one thing too. If this is another first round exit and flame out for this Toronto Maple Leafs team, I don't think that nutcase Steve Dangle is going to be able to handle it. They're going to have to take him away on a straight jacket <laughs> or something, you know, just to absolutely lose it. Well, you know, Ian, the sad part is or something. Yeah. every, every Leafs content creator at this point just seems numb. I don't even yeah. think that he, he'll need a stretcher. I think he's almost like <laughs> going into it, expecting to, to be shocked and then just you know what i mean like honestly like expect the worst type of syndrome yeah, yeah it's like yeah. i don't know like and that's just but you know the thing is too about the series which is kind of cool is the fact that it, it is a tough first matchup but i've been saying to people that if they get by the lightning then i think the floodgates open you know and and you know the world's their oyster for for whatever they can do in the play in the rest of the playoffs but the fact you get the defending Stanley Cup back-to-back Cup champions yes, in round the one. The price is like, just... like Andrew, what are your thoughts about like the new new format? I mean, obviously it brings competitiveness. It brings like divisional stuff. It brings ratings for the NHL. From what I've had a media person tell me is that they think that it's a lot of it because people tune out the more the playoffs move on. So they want the best ratings early on and things. like. What do you think about that from your perspective, like this new format? Well, it's definitely revenue driven. I mean, there's no there's no logic to it. If you were the first place team, then you yeah. should play the last yeah. place team. It's just that that's the way it will sort of run forever. So I think I don't like when finance gets in the way of the game itself and the, the, the honesty that comes with the full 82 game season. You are where you position yourself in the standings and you should be able to have to play your way out of that position. Mm. Um, so I'm a big fan of the one playing eight. I think one playing 16 is too much of a stretch and no yeah, one yeah. wants to see Toronto play LA in the first round. There's not really a rivalry there after Gretzky's situation in 93, I think it was. 
But I think one playing eight's the logical thing. I think the fans mm. would appreciate that as well. You're still in the East. You still see these teams frequently enough to build up some hate during the season. And uh, it's a crime that there's going to be so many good teams ousted in the first round simply based on the fact that they want a couple million more views or clicks or whatever they want to count nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And th- that's true. Toronto and LA 93. I've got Leaf fans. I've got, you know, a father that's a Leaf fan. Uh, and they still go back to that series and say, damn that Carrie Fraser. And damn that, <laughs> uh, that, you know, cost them, you know, the, the, the should have been high sticking on Dougie Gilmore in that overtime. And sure enough, the Kings won and they forced game seven. And they said, God damn that, ha- that hairspray head. That's what my dad always called <laughs> It's kind of offensive to me because if you're calling Carrie Fraser hairspray head, you can call me, you know, hair gel head. You know, or fucking slick back head, or something like that. So, uh, I, 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 that rubbed me the wrong way. Now that I look back and the way my hair is now, yeah, it's I don't know if I, someone's I'm, I'm an easy target now. If Kerry Fraser's being called that, uh, no question about that. Uh, all right, so Andrew, uh, get into the game. What do you like here with the game one in the series? Well, like series we know because we did it yesterday, but game one specifically. Game one, um, I, you know, this is kind of, you know, Alex has done a great job of, with these type of analysis and then with the, with the totals. And I'm going to kind of say that uh, I actually believe we're going to see a fast start where I've, I've heard some people think we might see like conservative and slow pit play type start. But I believe we're going to see a quick uh, two goals in the first period. And then I might jump in on that in-game under, which is kind of what I'm going to recommend here. I know it's kind of an interesting you know, diagnosis of the game, I guess, because I'm kind of giving out a live wager before a game starts. But uh, I, I truly do expect a, a fast-paced start to the game with maybe one quick one for each team. Um, and then they settle into a defensive style. Whereas I've heard lots of media and people talking about, you know, it's going to be a slow 10 minutes, a feel-out process. I don't think those two teams could feel out, you know, a, any game if they wanted to. I, I, there's just so much talent out there and, and the pedigree, um, like Andrew was talking about. So, um, but... Having said that, I do lean to the full game uh, under as well. Um, interestingly enough, you know, the last time, last two times both these teams have played, it's just been an ass kicking for each team. You know, one team won, I think it was like 8-2, and then that other team won 6-2. So uh, I expect it to be a lot closer. You know, I've been kind of going back and forth all day here, fellas, because, you know, thinking to myself, do I do I hope the Leafs win tonight so I can take the series bet on Tampa tomorrow? Or do I just say, hey, I don't want to miss that ship and take Tampa today? Um, look, I just don't I don't like how the Leafs match up. I think it's going to go seven at plus 200, like I mentioned yesterday. I, I think it's been an unbelievable like uh, season for plenty of Leafs that have broken personal records, and it's great for them. But, I mean, did you guys see that uh, once again, uh, Jason Spezza gets scratched for this game? That did I mean, surprise I, I, me for Clifford. I, I know they expect a physical series because it got nasty and rough at the last regular season game, but you can't tell me Kyle Clifford's going to well, make your team. So that's your team the problem. More than Spezza. To, to me, that's the problem because, you know, people, people always say, you know, what has Pat Maroon done for his Stanley cup winning teams? Right. And no offense to people that say that, but I, I think they have no idea what they're talking about because, Hockey is more than just putting the puck in the net, especially when you're in the playoffs. You can contribute in the locker room. You can contribute on the bench. You can contribute, you know, just getting pucks deep and, and, you know, causing pressure and getting momentum. And you can't do that from the bench, you know? So at least, you know, like look at a guy like Tom Wilson, you know, what he does. He's hated by the league for some reasons, but he's also a top line guy. A lot of the time he went to the all-star game, but he's all, he also will fight the, the league's toughest. And the unfortunate part for the Maple Leafs is that 
they're two guys that will drop the mitts, probably won't play more than six, seven minutes tonight, if that, you know. And I think how how do you stick up for your teammates and, and be a physical presence out there if you're not out there? You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I don't really understand. So Spezza has 75 points in 92 career playoff games and five points last year against Montreal. And he'll be up in the press box in his favorite suit tonight. I just don't think it's a good look on the team, but I know that I know they need physicality. I don't like that very much, but um, yeah, under for me in this game, guys, I haven't decided whether or not I want to take Tampa um, tonight or just wait to see what happens after game one. But uh, I, I think I expect a low scoring game. All right. Like in the under, maybe early we get goals, then maybe it cools off is what Andrew's saying here. Like an under six and a half. I like both teams to score first period. I think I might take a shot with that. I could see that, you know, Toronto getting a goal early. They're going to be bolstered by the crowd, but at the same time, Tampa Bay, you know, the good chance with always with them, they can find a goal and a period of hockey. So yeah, a one, one period wouldn't. So I think both teams to score, you get a good price on that in the uh, first period. There's another game too, on this card. I'm looking at a both teams to score in the first period as well. And this will be one of them too, uh, with the, uh, with that. I think that's definitely worth a look and you can get that by the way, at uh, plus plus one twenty five uh, for both teams to score in the uh, first period and for props. And then we'll get to Alex, Ilya Mikheyev. You got to take him. If you're Toronto, he's been just magnificent. He's going to be on the second line for the Leafs. Uh, playing alongside Tavares and Kasha uh, on the second line. How is it that Tavares is on that line and minus 160 to get a point, and Mikheyev is on that same line and he's plus 120 to get a point? That's just that's stupid. All right, that's you got to call out the odds makers sometimes when they fuck up, and that's just stupid. All right, especially with the way Mikheyev's been going lately. He's been rolling. He's been chipping in the points, scoring goals. Uh, just to get a plus price on him to get a point is just. That's fantastic, in my opinion. I'll, we'll take it. You want to make that mistake, you know, we'll try to take advantage. And plus 250, by the way, uh, to score a goal, which is better price to score for Mikheyev than it is for Tavares. Uh, so, you know, Mikheyev's the guy. And Kerfoot, too, on the top line with Matthews and Marner. I know they're going to get the uh, attention, but Kerfoot's going to be the value, you know, because you're going to have to pay a price for Matthews to score. You know, you're going to have to lay a price. Mitch Marner to score you know, plus 180, uh, but you go down the list and you see Kerfoot plus 340, plus 340 to score a goal. He's on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Great prop value. Phenomenal. Throw in to get a point on top of that for Alex Kerfoot as well, playing with the M&M, Marner and Matthews. Alex, uh, what do you think here? Tampa Bay, Toronto. So, yeah, so I mentioned that, that I like Tampa Bay at plus 115 to win the series. You know, it, it was just two parts to that. One, you know, Toronto's got to show me they can win a series. You know, you talked about, you know, you said been since 2004, so they've been able to do that. Uh, and they said that look at the pedigree of the Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. But not only that, just look at their series, uh, you know, playoff history over the years. So they've won game one in six of the last uh, eight series, including all four of the series last year. That's definitely a sign where you need to, if you like the team that can win those game ones early and often, you grab a price with them now and lock in a profit because more than likely that plus 115 will now flip to a minus 130 or 135, especially, you know, depending on how uh, Tampa Bay could possibly beat now Toronto in game one. As far as the first game goes, this is a live wager game for me. And I like what Andrew said about, you know, maybe looking for a couple of goals early and things slowing down afterward. That's probably the, the approach I would take here as well. Uh, so I might try to get a, a lower price for a first period over, look for that, you know, first team to score. And, uh, you know, like I said, teams could alternate trade goals here too. So uh, this is the time of year in the postseason where I, when I look for those next to score props, 
I'll usually look for the team that scored was scored uh, against to yeah. get to come back and get, get another goal, regardless of whether they're trailing or, or if it's a tie situation. Yeah. You know what? That's going to be a great bet, too, in this next series, I think, that we're about to talk about. Uh, St. Louis and Minnesota. You bet the, the team to score the next goal after they just got scored upon. I think you're going to do pretty well with that kind of thought process in this series. This should be a great one. Of all of the playoff series, all eight in the opening round, this is the one I'm most excited about. St. Louis Blues, Minnesota Wild. Uh, we've got Minnesota minus one, uh, it looks like, in terms of game one. Yeah, minus 130, uh, home favorites. Six the total, shaded to the over. Now with Toronto, I've got game one, but I don't have them in the series. With Carolina, I took the series and I took them in game one. This one, I have Minnesota in the series, and I actually have an exact – I have Minnesota to win the series. I laid the price, but I also took smaller bets on Minnesota in exactly seven games because I think it could go the distance. I think the home team could win every game because they're just so strong, both teams on home ice. And I took the series to go exactly seven games as well at a big plus number. I really do think it could go the distance. I like Minnesota to pull it out, but I'm going to step off game one taking them. I am. Uh, Flurry's confirmed in net, it looks like, because uh, he was in the uh, starters uh, net uh, earlier this morning. It is going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. L Billy Husso, as expected, for the St. Louis Blues, has become basically the number one goalie for them down the stretch. Actually kind of stumbled a bit, you know, the last couple weeks of the regular season. So that's concerning a little bit. You, Billy Husso was just on peak form, you know, February, March, early April, late April, not so much. So something to watch out for here. But St. Louis has really owned Minnesota. They really have. I mean, you look at series history, uh, St. Louis has played this team very well. You can't overlook that. But I think here in game one, I think Minnesota wins. I'm just going to stay off here just in case because I could see, you know, Blues maybe stealing game one in this situation because Fleury's had some moments where there's been, there's been some goals against him that have gone in that shouldn't have. But he's also very capable at playoff time of locking in. And obviously dialing it in and being on top of his game. So I like Minnesota in the series. I think they've got, you know, incredible forward depth. We know that. I think now that they've got their entire blue line intact going into these playoffs, Matt Dumba's ready to go. Jared Spurgeon is ready to rock. And you put that on top of Jonas Brodeen and Jacob Middleton, who's been great since they got him from San Jose. Uh, this is now all of a sudden a much better blue line. They've got those guys back. Uh, Fleury's capable. Uh, I like the over though in this game, and I, I I just cannot ignore the fact that these two teams play one shootout after another. The Blues have had trouble keeping the puck out of the net against Minnesota, and Minnesota's had trouble keeping the puck out of the net against St. Louis. And you've got two good power plays, very good power plays. Two teams that have nine forwards, top three lines that can all contribute. I think we're going to see, especially in Game One, maybe as the season series goes on, we get it tighter. As, as the games become more important. But I think here in game one, it goes over the total. And I'll take advantage of the six, because if it goes over tonight, it's probably going to be a six and a half that we see with the total in game two of this series. So I like the over. I like Minnesota in the series. I like the series to go seven. Uh, and, I, and But for just this game, pregame bet, I like over six in terms of the uh, side and the uh, total here. Uh, Andrew Gordon, we'll go to you here for St. Louis, Minnesota. Uh, I played college in Minnesota. I... I think the Wild have a soft spot in my heart. I lived there for a few summers, but I, they've just got run over by St. Louis in the last God knows how many games. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, there's been some shootouts, but I think that still plays into the psyche that they haven't beat this team very frequently in the last few years, not just this season or things. So um, I like St. Louis. I think that they play a heavy game. 
Minnesota plays a heavy, good, strong defensive game too. Minnesota's getting Felino back to my knowledge and like Zuccarello back too. So some of their leaders are coming back into the lineup. So that's going to boost them a little bit for sure. But I think just over the course of a seven game series, the guys, Kaprizov's never done it. You know, he's a guy who's, they're going to lean on him enormously and he's never really done it at this level. Not that he can't, obviously he's got the skills to do it and nearly a hundred point guy, but, um, I just think that there's too much depth and there's too much scoring in St. Louis. I mean, would they have nine guys with 20 goals, seven, nine guys, with 20 goals or more? Yeah, I think nine. that's, that's an incredible balance. It's yeah. unbelievable. They have a it's top a deepest... nine. Get out of here with top sixes. They have a top nine. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I don't think many teams can boast that. And so I think I also kind of like these teams that they have stars, but they don't necessarily have superstars. You know, Austin Matthews gets shut down like the team's in trouble, but there's no one who like, – Robert Thomas gets shut down or Braden Shen gets shut down. Who knows who's the number one guy is on that team. Yep. So I think a, a team with that kind of depth and that kind of scoring throughout the depth, not just lines that can play, but guys, those lines are scoring night in and night out. I think that's going to be tough to contain over seven games. So I, I like St. Louis in this one. Yeah. We're, the Rangers and Penguins are not on today's card for game one. They're, they start tomorrow. I think that's a series where you're going to see some overtime games. Rangers, Penguins, this could be one as well. Blues and Wild. Look at the last two meetings. They both went to overtime in the regular season. So I know Alex B. Smith is the draw wizard uh, of us here on the ice, guys. But this is one where the draw does appeal to me uh, a little bit. I think it might be worth a shot. It's going to be worth a shot, I think, game to game in this series to take a look at the draw uh, when you look at these two teams. And again, I'm going to go to my uh, the book that I usually – my go-to book for uh, draw bets – when it comes to the NHL, because it seems like I get really good prices there, and you can get plus three forty-four uh, on the draw uh, for Blues and Wild tonight. I, I think put a few bucks on that. Wouldn't be surprised if we see tonight's game go beyond regulation. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more than just one game go beyond regulation in this series. Alex, we'll go to you. Speaking of great segue, St. Louis, Minnesota. Yeah, perfect segue because that's exactly what I played tonight. Here, I, I have the draw. I got it plus three fifty. Uh, this feels like it's going to be a tight. Series neck and neck. I think both teams have decent depth uh, within their scoring. I think both teams have good goaltending. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, this guy's proven time and time again. He comes through in the in the postseason. Uh, Billy Huso. This will be his first, you know, taste of playoff hockey in the NHL. But he's had a great regular season. I think he can continue uh, some of that success along the way. It's it feels like it's going to be a back and forth pace. But I think Minnesota all year long breaks have gone their way. There's a reason they were the team that have you know had ten come from behind wins, uh, you know down multiple goals within a game. They've just been able to get all the breaks go their way. Like I said, I've seen this in other championship teams before. I feel like they have just things bouncing their way right now. So I took an exact series uh, play with this. I have Minnesota to win four games to two at plus four seventy five. I'm not sure if they win this game, however, because they are three and seven in their last game ones uh, going over the last 10 series. So that's why I, I like the draw here. And, and if St. Louis wins it in overtime, then I might be coming right back to get a plus price on Minnesota Wild to win the series. Now the uh, second day, Andrew McGinnis, what do you think here? Blues Wild. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I have St. Louis to win the series already, and uh, I'm prepared to, for, to see them hopefully steal game one. Um, but, you know, when I'm already pot committed here, uh, I, I do want to see a lot of these game ones guys for, you know, yeah. you know, with, with the way the betting has advanced, we talked about it yesterday and all the, all the different, we broke down the series. We have the capability of, of betting these after game one, after game two, bet the series. And 
So what I'm going to be doing just for our viewers to know is that my series wagers are, are, are larger in units uh, than, you know, these game by game bets, you know. So when I put in a position on a, on a team to win the series, it's a lot uh, bigger than it is on just one game at a time. Um, kind of the opposite of uh, how Vito feels, which just goes to show that, you know, everybody is different. But uh, with some of these series, I'd like to, you know, use what I think. And hopefully over a seven game or six game scale, I can be right. And not as much just have one game be, you know, impact my bankroll. So having said that, um, I do think St. Louis will steal game one. I have not placed a wager on them yet. That is the side that I'm leaning, but I do like the over just like yourself, Ian. Uh, I do expect goals. And uh, to what Andrew said there, I mean, look, there's certain people don't buy into this whole, what, what happened in the regular season. And I only bring it up just like he did when it's dominant like that three, nothing, um, you know, several high scoring and low scoring uh, type contests. And that's the thing about St. Louis. I mean, I think that St. Louis, I would trust them in a low scoring victory than, than I would in Minnesota. If you guys told me tonight that before, without knowing who won the game, it finished two one, I would tell you, okay, cool. Uh, St. Louis won that game, you know, I, and that, and I think that Minnesota has to score like four goals to win, which is why I like the, uh, the forward group of, of the blues. And, you know, I always talk about offense, but the Carolina Hurricanes and the Blues kind of remind me of each other because all forwards are very responsible in their own end as well. They're not going to just get caught at the center line, getting ready for the puck. I mean, they're back there and, and holding themselves accountable to playing defense too, which I really like. Yeah, I don't know if this is a misprint, but I'm seeing that they might flip-flop St. Louis. Their top two centers that Ryan O'Reilly auto parts, he might go down to the second line. And Robert Thomas might be on the top line. And I already like Robert Thomas props for a lot of games down the stretch. And I'm really going to like them tonight if he's on the top line. There could be a chance that he's centering Vlad Tarasenko and Pavel Buchnevich uh, tonight for the uh, Blues, whereas O'Reilly between Saad and Perron. So uh, very, very – but you could – go. You could go with any of those six guys and still have a decent chance to collect on something from a prop standpoint. And even like we said with St. Louis, further down, you know, close shave bar, Bashev with uh, Shannon Cairo. I mean, that third line as well can chip in offensively. So, and for Minnesota, I'd go to Kevin Fiala because especially at home, this guy is just a dynamo. Uh, and, and he's been that way mo mo most most of the year. So uh, there's definitely uh, some good prop opportunities, what I think could be one of the higher scoring games tonight here of the four that are taking place. All right, final game. Here we go. LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we've got right now Edmonton minus uh, 190 uh, in the series price here uh, it, between these two teams. Uh, the total uh, currently six uh, pretty much across the board uh, here for this uh, game one matchup. Uh, when I look at this series, LA is dangerous in one aspect. You know, they do play good team defense, good structure, uh, and it's a great coaching matchup. Jay Woodcroft was the assistant coach for Todd McClellan for years in San Jose. So these two guys know each other very well. It's fascinating in that dynamic. And now, of course, Woodcroft gets the head coaching opportunity with the Oilers here. That's significant. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But when you look at the Kings, they play good team defense. Could it frustrate a team like Edmonton? Definitely it could. But they've also got a lot of youth outside of Kopitar, Brown, and some of the veterans, Deneau's been in the playoffs, obviously. He'll be a nice addition, but a lot of youth as well, getting a taste of this for the first time for the Kings. And for Edmonton, 
I like the way their team game is at right now going into this series in various in various re, uh, factors. One, it wasn't all Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl down the stretch offensively. They finally got finally got secondary offense. Zach Hyman, Evander Kane was ridiculous down the stretch. Kyler Yamamoto outstanding. Um, for the Oilers. Uh, what if Warren Fogle, who can score big playoff goals, gets going? Uh, he's done that for Carolina before. He could do that for Edmonton as well. You saw the emergence of McLeod uh, down the stretch for the Edmonton Oilers. Their blue line was good. Nurse had a great year. Even CeCe played well. Barry, he's played good since he got out of Toronto. Um, you look, uh, Evan Bouchard is developing rapidly right before our eyes. This guy keeps getting better. I think he's going to be undervalued for points props because he's shooting the puck a lot. They call it uh, the Evan Bouchard, the uh, Bouch bomb. Uh, that's what they call it in Edmonton when he shoots the puck because it's just such a hard shot that he's got. Uh, he has improved a lot. And the big question is going to be, you know who it is. It's the 40-year-old Mike Smith. We know he had an amazing April, one of the best months he's had in a long time. And if he carries over that version of Mike Smith to this series, they're not only going to win this series, they have a potential to make a deep run. But if we suddenly see the Mike Smith where it's Cinderella losing her slipper and the clock strikes midnight, you know, all of a sudden we're going to see Mike Smith giving up softies through the five hole, giving up four or five goals. And then there's going to be a question, does he get pulled for Koskinen, who I don't trust? And then Edmonton's in trouble. So a lot of this comes down to Mike Smith. I think tonight, home crowd, Rogers place, Edmonton got embarrassed in the playoffs last year. They come out strong. I like Edmonton minus a half plus 130. Uh, in the first period here, puck line. I think it's a great situational bet. A lot of these Kings on the road, first time in the playoffs for a bunch of them, that Edmonton has that big punch and that big thrust early in the game. Get the crowd into it. Get some confidence. Get some belief going. They played great down the stretch, in my opinion. They're ready to have a good start. I think they get the lead in the opening 20 minutes. I think that's the best way to bet it, is Edmonton minus a half, plus 130, first period here. Uh, against the LA Kings. I think the Oilers team total over could be a decent look as well, but uh, I don't like that quite as much as I like that first period puck line with Edmonton here. Uh, we will start this time with McGinnis, Andrew McGinnis. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? LA Edmonton. I, I think that uh, I think Edmonton wins game one. I said yesterday, I, I do not think that it's going to be as easy of a series uh, for Edmonton as, as many might think, but I do think they get off to a good start here uh, at home. The funny thing is, though, I heard a breakdown today. I actually got to shout out Brian Leonard from Wager Talk. He was talking about the uh, point differential with these two teams. Um, you take away overtime victories and shootout victories. Keep in mind, overtime three on three during the regular season. Uh, LA was at, would actually have more points. If you removed overtime victories and shootout victories, LA has more points, which is actually pretty crazy to think about. And an LA team like this is, is one of those ones that I talked about that can be very scrappy and defensively responsible, but there are, there is some youth on this team and there's no drew Doughty. So I, I think that there could be some issues out the gate in game one and the LA Kings go back to the drawing board, watch some film and they bounce back in game two. I wanted to ask you guys, because right now the price isn't appealing. If Edmonton loses game one, I mean, what, what's the price looking at here for L.A. plus two and a half games? Because that's the game plan I've kind of been constructing to try and set myself up for a perfect position because I think that Edmonton wins game one in regulation, and then immediately after they win that, I go to our sponsor, DraftKings, type in plus one and plus two and a half games on L.A., and, you know, hope that they can, you know, 
take it to not just six, but five. And all of a sudden I come out there with a winner. So that's kind of where I'm looking. Yeah. Uh, d- that's not a bad uh, theory to go with. That's not a bad strategy to have. Uh, no question about that. Uh, because I don't think Edmonton's going to just roll over LA, but I do like them and how it sets up in game one, especially it really does. And no, no disrespect to uh, the other blue liners for LA, but you mentioned Doughty being out and look, Matt Roy may not be ready to go for the first and Sean Walker was playing great hockey early in the year for the Kings on the blue line and he's not coming back. So you're going to have to give more minutes to Mikey Anderson, Troy Stetcher, Alex Edler's still pretty good, but you know, a lot of miles on that body of his Sean Dursey's good. I like that kid. There's no question. He's going to have a good, nice career. But Mata Spence in particular is going to have to play more minutes because there's no Doughty. That's concerning to me. Like, these are playoffs now. These are hard minutes for defensemen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you've got no Doughty. And Sean Walker, too, played a lot of minutes that they would have been responsible for if the playoffs were here and they were available. And all these other King defensemen have to take up that load now and play these big minutes, five-on-five, penalty kill, power play. Uh, Great question to ask Andrew Gordon. You know, when you see multiple cluster defensemen out, and I've said this before, I think it's tough for asking everybody to, you know, pick up the load, play more minutes, maybe play better players on the other side. I think it's a difficult ask. And in teams, have you ever had teams where you've had multiple defensemen out, key defensemen that play big situations, and you find the adjustment, Andrew, is difficult to make for a team on the back end? But, I mean, they say defense is, is the toppest position, arguably, to grow into in the NHL and see why that Moritz Sider is doing what he's doing is so remarkable. But um, to ask a guy, you know, in Toronto's case, again, a guy like Timothy Lilligren, who's going to, if he's suddenly asked to play against another team's top line, that's, that is a tall order. This is the best. This is Olympic-level athletes coming at you. This is the best on planet Earth. And if you're not used to playing at that, if you haven't grown into that role, I mean, that's that's tough to just sort of step up in the in the moment and do it consistently over the course of a series. So Dowdy for me is definitely the X factor in that series. Um, if you don't have a deep set of defensemen, if you don't have an experienced set of defensemen, you need luck on your side, you need guys to step up. And I don't think it's possible really to to step up long enough to, to, to win a full series on the backs of rookie defensemen. So I think it's a tough bet to make on that crop for me knowing that if someone has to step up, the players they are defending are McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like, I mean, I could, could you, could you picture a more nightmarish line? You have to, yeah. A more nightmarish line. You have to step up to play against. So um, I think LA be a, a tough one for me, but I'm also betting with my heart. Like I'm, I'm ready for Edmonton to be dangerous again. I mean, they've been, they've had these guys that have been sort of wasting away for a couple of years now. And I think the league is better when some of these Canadian teams are dangerous and now. So I, my heart really wants Edmonton to be dangerous in the West and, and to really sort of come into their own. And what Woodcroft has done with that group has been has been remarkable. So I think he sort of deserves to be rewarded. The McDavid, Drysaddle, these guys deserve to be rewarded with some success in the postseason. And uh, I think with Dowdy out, it, it thins out that, that blue line enough where it, it's going to be tough for them to recover. Yeah, it makes me wonder, too, if maybe uh, he ended up getting fired. Was there a disconnect with them and Tippett? you know, the players in Tippett. Why is it that under Tippett, you know, running around like chickens with their heads cut off, especially in their own zone at times, and yet there's been structure, there's been break, clean breakouts. You know how important that is, a clean exit out of your own zone and getting that defense-to-offense transition going. And for some reason, it's been a lot smoother under Woodcroft for this Edmonton team. It's been a noticeable difference 
that we've seen in that uh, element of uh, that element of the Oilers game. There's no question about that. And certainly the, I think the coaching change has made uh, a difference uh, with that. Alex, uh, well, uh, what are your thoughts here on game one Kings Oilers? You know, it's nice to see the LA Kings make the playoffs uh, the way they did. They had, uh, had a really nice season, like I said, a very young core uh, and their talents rising. They're going to get better and better as things go on. But this is an Edmonton team. Like I said, they're ready to, to kind of break out. And, and, you know, this is kind of a make or break uh, deal, especially for dry sidle. And McDavid, you know, the years that they've had, the disappointing exits they've had so far, this team really needs to come together and have a not just a series win, but a dominant series win. I could easily see the Oilers taking this in five or six games. I like them here in game one. I would look to even look for them in regulation minus $1.30. Uh, and I like that play that you mentioned as well, Ian, the first period puck line, uh, lay and a half a goal at plus 125. I think the crowd gets behind them. They get off to an to a early start and just kind of, you know, the experience – Will, will shine over the kind of youth uh, that L.A. has. So I like Edmonton here in regulation and on the first period puck line. Yeah, no question about that. As far as props go, I don't think you overcomplicate it here. Uh, Kempe for L.A. I think has got to be on the list if you're going to look at the Kings. Deneau has to be on the list. He's actually really been good offensively down the stretch. For Edmonton, look, Kane's hotter than a pistol right now. Uh, you got to consider that. I know... I'm not going to say bet don't bet Connor and Leon, but you obviously don't get the good prices, you know, to take their props. But Evander Kane, Kyler Yamamoto, certainly. We just uh, heard Bobby Ryan. Didn't he, Bobby say yesterday when we talked this series that he knows Kyler Yamamoto? Yes. He thinks the pressure, yeah. he'll handle it. He'll thrive under it. He'll play well. I remember him saying that. And uh, look, I buy into it because Yamamoto's played well down the stretch. So Yamamoto. He, he'll be getting him. some prop money from me, I think, yeah. you know. Everybody will be on the big name guys to score yep. a goal every game. And I think guys like him are, are worth prop bets. Yep, no doubt about that. I think there's definitely truth to that. In my, you don't sleep on Yessa Puliarvi too, because he's going to get top six. He might even be on the top line, it looks like. Don't sleep on Yessa Puliarvi. And if you're going to go for someone on the third line for Edmonton, I, I'm going to say the name again Warren Fogel. All right. This guy scored big goals for Carolina. When he was with the Hurricanes in the playoffs, he seems to just have that extra gear, elevate his game. Uh, Joel Ward did that. Remember Joel Ward back in the day? This guy was just incredible. UPI Panther. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's toaster. You'll appreciate that. You, the two Andrews, they'll love that. But no, Joel Ward just had that. He could have a, like a 10 or 11 goal regular season. And here he is in the playoffs, like four or five goals because he just elevated. He, he scored big goals, especially for Washington. Uh, years and years ago in the playoffs. So definitely that's kind of what I see in Warren Fogle. He can have a meandering regular season, and then all of a sudden you see him stepping up and producing in the playoffs. So Warren Fogle, great bargain bin uh, option. Fernando, Fernando Pisani. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember Bob Cole on the shorthanded goal they beat Carolina uh, in overtime force game seven. Uh, Fernando, a shorthanded goal for Pisani. <laughs> That's my Bob Cole voice. Yeah, Bob Cole legend. Yeah, how can anybody? What a legend. Him? Yeah, uh, on Hockey Night in Canada for all those years. Uh, absolutely outstanding stuff. Great show again. Man, these shows are fun. You know, we bring on a guest. Uh, it's uh, an absolute blast. Uh, Andrew uh, Gordon, we appreciated you joining us today. Um, just um, great, great insight, you know, from a hockey standpoint. And uh, if you've got time later on in the playoffs, we'll gladly, uh, gladly bring you back if you want to do it. Sounds good. Yeah, you got my contact information now, so I'd love to be a part of it. All right, absolutely. Now, before we let you go, though, we got 
work to do. We got a best bet. So I'll give you a couple minutes, Andrew. Think about it. A best bet, you know, team to win tonight, whatever you want. Think uh, think about one and uh, see what you come up with. But in the meantime, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner uh, of the NHL. And, of course, with THPN and the Ice Guys, uh, make sure uh, you sign up with them. New customers bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now sign up for an account use the promo code THPN bet just one dollar on any NHL team get $150 in free bets if they win that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 years of age or older, must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, best bets to wrap up the show. Uh, Alex, uh, we will start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? Well, I've been saying it for weeks now. It's draw season, and that's where we're going with tonight. We're going with game one with the Wild and the Blues. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a long game. You might see one, if not two, overtimes here uh, between two hated rivals. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to be a fun series to watch. So give me Minnesota St. Louis draw plus 350 as my best bet for tonight. All right. And remember, back to back overtime games in the last two regular season meetings with St. Louis and Minnesota. Alex banking on that to reoccur tonight. So uh, draw at plus 350 for Alex B. Smith, St. Louis, Minnesota, with his best bet. Uh, Andrew McGinnis, we'll go to you next. Uh, what do you like for best bet? You know what? Well, lately, uh, you know, on, for the playoffs, I'm going to keep to a lot of these prop bets uh, for my best bets in the show. You guys have all heard, um, you know, the, the bets that I like as far as sides and totals and listening to our content. Uh, so a prop I mentioned already, Patrice Bergeron over Three and a half uh, shots on goal, plus 110. We heard Andrew mention kind of the pedigree of this guy, the experience, what he brings to the table. And I think the message for Boston will be shoot, 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 get pucks on net. And at plus 110 to get four shots from Patrice, I think he'll do that for us. All right, there we go. Patrice Bergeron, Boston Bruins, over three and a half shots on goal. Uh, best bet for Andrew McGinnis from Andrew and Halifax. Andrew in Halifax. Uh, Andrew <laughs> Gordon, uh, what do you like for your first best bet on the Ice Guys show? Uh, I guess support that Bergeron bet where, I mean, win, lose, or draw, he's going to come to play. Uh, so he's going to be a competitor. He's going to be around the net. He's on the power play in front of the net there oftentimes in the high slot where he's getting fed. So that's a good one for sure. But um, I was trying to write some stuff down earlier. And I like this Toronto-Tampa, each team scoring in the first period, I think. Um, it's going to be guns blazing, you know, guys like Stan Kosla showing up and playing in Toronto, you know, that those guys are going to try to shove it down the throats. There was a lot of animosity at the end of that game. I think both teams are going to be pretty jacked up to play and, uh, could be a wild first period, in my opinion. So I think, uh, if I was going to place a bet down, which I might ask you how to do later, um, <laughs> I will, I might take that, uh, Toronto and Tampa each scoring a goal in the first period. All right, there we go. Excellent. Uh, I agree with that one, by the way. T Tampa Bay, Toronto, both teams to score, plus 125 in the first period uh, for Andrew Gordon uh, with his best bet. Yeah, as Elliot V in our chat says, Andrew Flash Gordon. Yeah, Flash! Ah, there you go. I uh, got to do the old Flash uh, theme, the Queen uh, legendary uh, theme song from uh, back in the day. All right, best bet for me. Uh, it's actually the game we just wrapped up talking about. I really like it. I think it is probably my favorite side or total tonight. 
Edmonton minus a half, plus 140 you can get actually in some spots now with that first period puck line. Edmonton Oilers minus a half, plus 140 first period. Just think it sets up nicely at home. L.A. team coming in a little bit, trying to get used to the playoffs. Could be a little bit of a uh, a steep uh, transition for them at the beginning. And I think Edmonton comes out flying early on. Uh, and we see them have a good start here. Edmonton minus a half, first period puck line, plus 140 uh, for my first Stanley Cup playoff best bet here uh, on the Ice Guys show. And that's a wrap. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button. We appreciate it. And our thanks to Andrew Gordon, our special guest, for joining us. Uh, for Andrew Gordon, Andrew McGinnis, the two Andrews in Halifax, uh, Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And by the way, uh, Ice Guys podcast, I almost forgot. Uh, the show seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll be back tomorrow. Double dose of the Ice Guys tomorrow. Daily show, Ryan Johnston, our special guest tomorrow. We've got Danny Ehrman on Wednesday, Brett McLean on Thursday, Stephen Fournier uh, on Friday. So we're loaded with guests this week on the Ice Guys show. Uh, each day this week, we've got... Ryan Johnston with us tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern on The Daily Show. And then the BetCast tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Bring your beer, bring your booze, uh, bring your betting uh, acumen. Uh, join us for the BetCast tomorrow night. We're looking forward to it. So have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for more of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.